0: I'm so grateful that you chose to join me today on Betrayal Trauma SOS. I'm your host, Jenny Brockbank, and I share my own journey of healing from betrayal trauma so that others can know that they aren't alone, emotions or lack of emotions is normal, and so that others can find their own recovery fit. Today, we are discussing my favorite tool in healing from anything, and that's the tool of grace. Let's heal together. Ooh, we've got quite a windstorm going on, and my booth isn't yet finished. So, if you're hearing that, that's what it is. Welcome! I love having you here. A short announcement: that I announced the winner of the Betrayal Trauma SOS First Aid Kit on Facebook today, which is five nineteen of twenty twenty. I hope you'll join me there. Also, last week I did an episode on boundaries and discussed how boundaries are like a house. This concept is applicable in many, many situations and not just for betrayal trauma. Visual aids can be so helpful when learning these concepts. So to help with this, I created a short two-minute video that is on YouTube if you'd like to check that out. I'll add a link to the video in the episode description near the bottom under sources. Today we get to discuss my favorite tool for healing and that's grace. I'm honored to share with you the experiences of some amazing women who have experienced grace in regards to their healing from betrayal trauma. Because there is no exact formula for grace as it's individually applied, I thought it might be most helpful to share the experiences of individuals. I greatly appreciate their participation. It is humbling that those who have walked through their own personal hell are so generous to turn around and offer a hand to me and to others, truly grateful. I anticipate that many will be enriched from hearing these experiences. I know that I have been. Grace. Grace is a fundamental concept of Christianity. However, the more I looked into the concept of grace, the more I realized that it is found in many religions and not just Christianity. For instance, did you know that the Hebrew word that is similar to grace is chen? I found that grace was also found in Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, and more. I'm really grateful and honored to say that women of various religious backgrounds have participated today. As we are discussing individual beliefs regarding grace, you may or may not resonate with all of them. I invite you to take what works for you and to leave the rest. It's a beautiful concept that allows us to give other people their right to believe as they wish while choosing to believe as we wish. Something in me seems to melt when I hear or think about grace. When reading the scriptures, and in particular, the New Testament, I highlight the word grace anytime I see it. My New Testament is littered with that beautiful word, and I have wondered how it applies to me. Lately, I have contemplated how it applies to healing from betrayal trauma. As I've actively looked for the role of grace in my recovery, I have seen it everywhere. How stunning and wonderful to realize that grace was at the center of every tool and every healing principle. Grace certainly has the ability to cleanse us from sin, but today I am addressing the heartbroken. I know because I walk among you as one of your own. Today in regards to grace— we will primarily focus on the enabling power of grace in regards to its healing properties. I love this definition of grace from Sherry Dew's book, Amazed by Grace, as she says, quote, What is grace? Grace is divine enabling power, Close quote. I invite you to listen to the stunning words found in both Luke and Isaiah. Maybe pick out a few words that resonate with how you might feel. I will do the same and talk about what words stood out to me and why. Quote, He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Close quote. For me, words from this scripture that describe me in regards to betrayal trauma include brokenhearted, also captive, as I have certainly been a prisoner to many things, including grief and pain. And also the word bruised applies to me. The promises that are offered by grace to those of us who fall into this description include deliverance, recovering, and set at liberty. I do want to be free from the pain. I do not desire to be hijacked by trauma. My hope in recovering from all of these things and more is grace. An experience that I had with grace went as follows. A few years ago, I was a mess. I was heartbroken and greatly distressed. I decided that I was going to pray and cry and pray and cry until I felt better. I knew that God would be with me, as he had countless times before. So I made sure that my children were okay, and I went up to my bedroom, locking my door behind me. As I desperately knelt in prayer, tears already flowing, the strangest thing happened. It was as if someone had dried my tears and stood me on my feet. That's odd, I thought. I wasn't done crying. I can laugh now as I confess to you that I considered kneeling back down to pray and cry. Internally, I struggled, and eventually I realized that God had given me a gift and that I was considering giving it back to Him. I realized that it was ludicrous to give back a gift, and in that moment, I made a decision to accept the grace. Something miraculous then happened. As soon as I accepted the grace, He gave me more, more peace, more healing, more hope. For me, this principle holds true, and I now try to make it a practice to first look for grace, second, Willingly receive the grace that is offered, and third, to give gratitude for what I am given. I love that when I follow these steps, the reward is an amplified version of the gift, and my healing is more complete. Author and pastor Max Lucado has a video about grace and a book as well, wherein he tells a story about a man named Li Fuyan. Mister Fuyan had suffered from terrible headaches for four years. Nothing had gotten rid of his headaches. Nothing. Finally, the doctors took an x-ray and discovered that a rusty four-inch knife blade was in his skull. Years earlier, he had had an altercation with a robber and had been attacked. Mr. Fouillon did not know that the knife blade from the robber had broken off under his jaw and into his skull. Buried pain can be similar to the knife. When we can't see what's underneath the surface and what's afflicting our soul, we can't welcome the healing influence of grace to fix it. Like Li Fu Yan's body couldn't tolerate the knife and caused additional throbbing pain, our soul often has wounds that it cannot bear as well. When we first recognize our pain and then bring it to our higher power, we invite the surgeon to remove the proverbial knife. Right before I entered recovery, I had an experience that really rocked me. It was 17 and a half years of buried pain. My method of recovery was solely prayer, scripture study, and words from ecclesiastical leaders. In particular, I would pray and pray and pray. This was incredibly valuable to me as I learned how God spoke to me and how revelation is conveyed to me personally. In one particularly memorable prayer, however, I told God that I would be willing to do 12 steps in therapy and anything else I was guided to. I felt a strong sense of heavenly approval. I thought, wait a minute, it's always been you and me, God. I thought that you were enough. The answer that came to me went something like this. I already invented the wheel. I've already inspired people with the tools for the healing you're in need of, and I will heal you in community. Surgery and recovery are not typically pleasant experiences. They take time, skill, and following directions from the surgeon. As walking wounded, we have proverbial knives stabbed deep into our souls. Removing them typically takes time, patience, and a great deal of compassion. Oftentimes, I want the healing process to be more like the parting of the Red Sea, allowing me to walk through on dry ground. But in reality, It's more often more akin to the Israelites leaving Egypt. It takes time and there is a process involved. And when I think I've arrived, I see proverbial Egyptians hot on my heels. The process, however, is refining and provides a journey that is invaluable. For me, some ways that my master surgeon is helping me to heal from betrayal trauma include a network of people who have developed skills and gained a knowledge base. This includes those who have walked the path in front of me, therapists, mentors, and those who have written literature. One profound and personal experience that I had with healing using tools included following the counsel of my therapist to honor grief. Through that experience, I came to have a richer and deeper experience with my personal God, who is Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear more details about that experience, I discuss it in greater detail in episode 10, titled Facing Denial to Live in Truth. When I actively look for God and find God in the tools, I recognize that He is the source of all healing. He has inspired people in many, many areas. Not every tool is for every person, and that's okay. We are individually and wonderfully made. Remember earlier when I mentioned that in recovery we take what works for us and leave the rest? This is where personal revelation comes in handy. We can work out with God a plan for our healing that is custom designed. While a handbook for the perfect recovery that fits all people sounds amazing, think of the kindness and grace involved in working with the master surgeon for a personally tailored fit. As I have done this and continue to work with my surgeon, I gain the priceless knowledge that I am individually important to God. My God. Self-worth issues go hand in hand with betrayal trauma, so it's not hard to imagine the impact of coming to know our worth from God himself. Something else critical to my healing has included boundaries. At first, I really wasn't sure if boundaries were a righteous principle or not. When I realized that commandments were in and of themselves boundaries, I put two and two together, that God uses boundaries. Since God uses boundaries, I realized that I could as well, and when used correctly, they are all about safety and not control. Boundaries have been critical to my healing experience and stop the bleeding that seemed to never cease. If it's helpful, episode 11 discusses boundaries when your spouse has a sex addiction. These are just a few examples of God's grace being woven throughout the tools and tapestry of recovery. I'm excited and extremely grateful to share with you some beautiful stories of grace in the recovery of others. These women graciously share their own experiences and beliefs in an effort to help others find the ultimate source of healing. I have honestly melted as I have listened to and read their individual stories of the role of grace in their individual recoveries. I'm humbled and grateful for their participation today. I've gained so much from their experiences and I'm confident that what they share will benefit many others as well. Some submissions are audio clips and you will get to hear their words in their own voices. And some were written and I will be honored to read those. A couple of the women who share today are not anonymous and give back to the recovered community in beautiful ways. I will include links to their sites and social media in the sources section at the bottom of the episode description. The first beautiful experience regarding grace that I will share is from a woman named Erin. After my husband and I had been in our own group therapy for his pornography addiction and my betrayal trauma for about a year, I started feeling promptings from God to separate from my husband. I did not want to. I had so much fear of the future if I chose to separate. I had my husband leave for one night, he came back the next day, and I didn't push it for him to leave again. I didn't have it in me. However, I knew that him coming back to live with us was not what God was guiding me to do. Three months later, I knew I couldn't go any longer living in the same house with him. We sat down with our kids and told them that he was moving out. That week after he moved out, I felt like I was in some sort of fog. There I was, a stay-at-home mom with five kids separating from my husband. I hadn't worked at all in 15 years. It was the most courageous thing I had ever done. I had no idea how my husband would choose to respond without knowing that it was what god had guided me to do i could not have asked him to leave that week after we separated i felt like there was constantly a spiritual being with me i believe it was jesus christ he was there letting me know i was not alone it was such a gift of grace both the guidance from God to separate from my husband and Jesus not leaving me alone during that traumatic time. This gift of grace is a pattern I have found all along this journey of recovery from betrayal trauma. I have been blessed in so many ways. Next, Annery graciously shares her experience in her own voice.
1: For most of my life, I understood grace as a theological concept in my head, but it was rarely in operation in my life. At times of great overwhelm, I had called out to God and felt strengthened and supported through grace. But deep down, I believed that God was probably annoyed and disappointed with me whenever I made mistakes or my weaknesses were apparent. I felt that God was somewhat distant and wanted me to do the best I could on my own and to not call on Him unless I was at my absolute limit. I found a sort of pride in being a low-maintenance daughter of God. I felt that God was often judging and evaluating me, and I felt intense pressure to measure up. Experiencing betrayal trauma in my life pushed me past my absolute limit and kept me there for long enough that I had the opportunity to really look at my underlying shame and the faulty core beliefs I held about myself and God. I was exhausted, discouraged, angry, and I felt powerless in my life. As I learned to consistently take those hard feelings to God, I began to experience, on an emotional level, a God who is a safe place, who meets me with constant love and compassion, who wants to hear all about my experience and feelings, and who longs for me to come and be with Him exactly as I am. I found a God who provides secure relationship. I discovered a God who delights in me and my journey. I have felt God weeping with me. I know a God who sees my heart and the needs and intentions behind my sometimes misguided actions and choices. I learned that God's grace allows for me to fully experience life and to be loved and accepted in the present, mistakes, wounds, imperfections, and all. The pressure I had lived under for most of my life has lifted, and rather than trying to earn love and approval from God, I am now able to live loved. I feel that grace is in constant operation in my life. God's love gives me the space I need to be me and to be okay. Through grace, I am held, valued, understood, and supported at every moment and in every circumstance.
0: The next personal experience I will share is from Stacy, who is a Betrayal and Beyond leader. When I first found out about my husband's betrayal, I was devastated. I didn't understand the cycle of addiction. In my mind, it was simply a moral choice. It went no deeper than he prefers her over me. Being a part of a Betrayal and Beyond group through Pure Desires Ministry and watching the Conquer series DVDs has allowed me to get a deeper understanding into what my husband is wrestling with. It's allowed me to have grace on him to see his struggle and to realize it's not all about me. I've seen his pain, not just my own. As a follower of Jesus, I have received his grace time and time again. He's teaching me how to extend that grace while still having boundaries and working towards a healthier relationship. Isn't it beautiful that as we experience grace, we can then turn around and offer it to others as Stacy did? My next guest is Katie Willis. Katie has devoted significant energy and personal resources into helping others heal from betrayal trauma. Among her contributions includes an online yoga school. I've personally found stunning results in healing from betrayal trauma when I've been a student in Katie's classes. Katie shares today using her own voice.
2: One specific story of grace for betrayal trauma Um, in my journey came at a really low point. This was before I even knew what was going on with my husband, Mark. He had been struggling with mental health really low to the point of being suicidal. We had three kids, three and under. Life had just (laughs) totally crumbled. And I remember one night when the kids were in bed, going in the bathroom and just pleading and sobbing and it wasn't much of a prayer (laughs) but just crying out and over and over again telling heavenly father i cannot go another day i cannot go another step and although i have had times and experiences in my life where god has miraculously changed my circumstances uh, instantly or nearly instantly That is not where uh, the miracle came in that night. Instead, I woke up the next morning, still breathing, my heart still beating, and woke up the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. And at that point, I didn't understand. But now I can look back and see that that was grace sustaining me through that very dark terrifying time. The more that I learned about my Savior Jesus Christ, the more that I learned about grace, the more I began to let grace come into my life and my very difficult situations on purpose. So the work that we did in attending the 12-step program and working the steps between the meetings, all of the hard work that I did in my group therapy program of sitting down and hearing that difficult formal disclosure of Mark sharing the details of his addiction, the trauma egg assignment where I shared all of the traumas from my earliest memory to most recent past, all of the personal changes that I've needed to um, make in my own life, all of the pain and the hurt that needed to be healed. All of those um, processes were only able to happen because of grace. Because my Savior was my constant power source through all of that, that is the only way that I could take all of those hard steps. The next submission is from C.O.,
0: who says, For me, the grace of Jesus Christ is the soothing balm that provides peace from suffering and turmoil, healing from the pain of wounds from betrayal when I am suffering from the trauma of betrayal. I often try to get myself out of this suffering. I've tried many routes, some healthy, some not as healthy. And I repeatedly acknowledge that after all my efforts and even sometimes hustling to provide myself with healing, the only true and deep peace and healing comes from Jesus Christ through his grace, his healing power. I remember in my very early recovery, after finding out about some of my husband's betrayals, I could not shake the physical pain and mental and emotional anguish I was suffering as a result. I was recovering from delivering our second baby. I felt alone, exhausted, isolated, ashamed. I knelt in exhaustion in my room near the pack-and-play on the floor and opened my heart to God one day not the first time I'd prayed about this. After days of suffering, and me not being able to think or read or talk or pray myself out of my suffering, I remember his peace washing over me in that moment. The suffering and pains I had been experiencing melted away. I was profoundly relieved and grateful. He did for me what I had not been able to do for myself— and what no one else had been able to do for me. He provided me with the relief and peace that I desperately needed. Since this experience, I have felt his healing power many times, dissolving my anguish and pain in just a moment. I don't always receive it when I want it. I am finding there is power in learning from pain, yet words can barely express the relief and gratitude I feel having experienced his grace. To me, the phrase, grace after all we can do, in 2 Nephi 25, 23, means that he repeatedly shows me that it's him, Jesus, who provides me with the healing and the peace. I am blessed with many wonderful resources including the Lifestart program, amazing recovery friends who offer me vital support and insight, a skillful and trained therapist, books and manuals, 12-step programs, etc. And while these do provide me with necessary information and guidance, with what all these do for me and all that I try to do for myself, the only way I have found that I can receive deep healing and inner peace is through the grace of the Savior. My next guest's name is Blythe. Blythe says, I felt more strongly than ever before that God is for me and wants me to succeed as a person. I know more than ever how valuable I am to him. I have stopped hating myself and have learned to be more honest with myself and have much more self-compassion than ever before. To be honest, if it weren't for betrayal trauma, I may have never come to feel this grace in my life. My next honored guest is named Erin. Erin gives her experience with her own voice.
3: My healing journey changed when I discovered how grace worked in my life and that it was an individual thing that nobody else could define for me. I used to feel shame and less than because of my husband's addiction. I wasn't patient enough. I wasn't attractive enough. I wasn't sexy enough. I wasn't forgiving enough. I wasn't good enough. I just wasn't enough. As I struggled to find the truth about myself amidst the lies, I began to learn that my higher power had not abandoned me because of my shortcomings instead I realized he had been right there with me the entire time I only had to open my eyes and realize that he loved me as I was that I was enough because I am his he made me and he does not make mistakes when I started to accept that I began to believe that I was worthy of love. I was worthy of boundaries. To me, that is the definition of grace, that my higher power loves me as I am. That He wants me as I am. That He knows me as I am. Yes, He wants me to be my best self, but He meets me where I am without restrictions. It is because of grace that I know I am enough. It is because of grace that I know good things can be in my future. It is because of grace that beauty can come from the ashes of addiction and betrayal trauma. Learning that changed my life so much that I decided to get a tattoo about it. An arrow shooting at my torso because I want to shoot straight and true according to where my higher power needs me. The arrow shaft is Morse code for grace. The three tail feathers are the mantra, accept, let go, have faith. I see love notes from my higher power so much more now that I am aware of His grace and I look for ways to embrace it.
0: Next, we have Karen Relos, who is a betrayal trauma coach, the founder of redeeming-love.com, and who is APSAT certified. Her training is extensive and impressive. Karen has two beautiful submissions today. I will read one submission, and Karen will tell her second story in her own voice. Gosh, I think about grace in my story. I immediately think of God's grace and strength He so lovingly poured out into my broken heart in my deepest, darkest days. From the day I found out my husband had left me with our six kids to getting help and entering into my own recovery to living in uncertainty for so long, to finding my worth and my value again, to stepping up for my kids who are looking at me and to be with their hurting heart too, to facing our community, friends, family, and church. It is only by His grace alone I made it through. I could not have survived without it then I also think of his amazing grace he gave me toward my husband. I'm in awe as I think about it. In my weakest moments, somehow his grace showed up through his strength. It was a long, difficult journey with so much unknown and craziness. I kept walking, even when I couldn't see anything, only through his grace for his glory. This acronym just came to mind. G. Grace is a free gift for from Him. R. Redeemed by His grace. A. Anchored in His grace. C. Compassion for us, through us, by His grace. E. Enough. We are enough because of His grace. He is enough. And now Karen's own voice.
4: I wanted to share a story that, to me, it means grace. It means grace in the sense that God was with me. He showed me so clearly that he was with me, that he knew everything about me and my situation, and that if, as long as I kept my eyes focused on him, I was gonna be okay. And that's because it was somewhat early in our story, in my story, and things have been hard with me and my husband for quite some time, and I was at that stage of craziness and just trying and trying and trying. And my husband was angry and dismissive and, you know, even verbally abusive, and he would take off. We lived in Southern California at the time, and he would take off to our ranch out here in Texas that we had, and he'd be gone for, like, two weeks at a time, and he would turn off his phone, and, I mean, I, you know, craziness, right, because, I mean, he would never answer. I had was at home with six kids, and just so broken, and, and one day, I needed to call him Something to do with one of the kids or financial. And I kept calling and kept calling and kept calling and never answered. And so, but I continued and I continued to text him and he finally, finally picked up the phone and, uh, you know, we quickly took care of the business and he said nothing else to me other than he talked about our horse sugar that we had brought out at the ranch probably three or four months prior to this phone call, and he had lost a lot of weight because he had been out there, our horse, had been out there, you know, kind of hungry and deprived and alone. And so all he told me, my husband, all he said to me was, oh, by the way, sugar is doing much better. He's strong now. He's not neglected anymore. And of course, I couldn't help but think about my neglect, but I didn't say anything. And then my husband, all the only other thing he said to me was, I gotta go, because my legs are tired. I've been hunting all day. And he hung up the phone. I was just distraught. I couldn't believe he didn't care about me. He didn't ask anything about me or the kids. All he cared about was himself and hunting. So after the phone call, I sat there crying in my bed. I'll never forget it. And I was just distraught, and I rolled over and saw the Bible next to our bed. And it was actually the Bible I bought him. And um, he wasn't reading it at all. He had walked away from God at this time. So I opened up the Bible in my despair, and just tears strolling down. And I just searched for something to encourage my heart. And I ended up at the Book of Psalms, and I was searching for something like a headline that would, you know, relate to what I was going through. So I saw top of 147, Psalms 147, it says, Jesus heals the brokenhearted. I I start reading it aloud, just, you know, just crying my eyes out, but reading it aloud, trying to encourage my heart, and nothing really in the first few verses pertained to me, but I kept reading it out loud, kept going, kept going. Now of a sudden I get down to Psalms 147, 10 and 11, and it says, it's not in the legs of a man, nor the strength of a horse, but those whose hope is steadfast in the Lord. And I will never forget it. I was blown away. What were the chances that my husband said his legs are tired and our horse is strong? And two minutes later, I'm reading God's word. He brings me to that page, that title, those verses. Kept reading, and that specific verse that says, it's not in the legs of a man or the strength of a horse, but those whose hope is steadfast in the Lord. I just, I was in awe. I stopped my crying. I cried tears of joy actually. And I just realized right there that God's grace is sufficient enough for today and that He knows everything about me, my story, everything. And things were hard from that day on for quite some time, but it helped me to keep my hope focused on God and not my circumstances, and just to surrender to God in knowing that He and His grace is enough to get me through each day. A reminder to keep me focused on Him, not my circumstances or my husband.
0: One last lovely guest submission is from Marisa. I know God's grace is at work in my life when I am blessed with enabling power beyond my own. In the beginning of my recovery, I would cope with my betrayal trauma and husband's addict behavior by controlling others and outcomes. I would do everything possible to ensure that the atmosphere in our home was calm enough to not trigger my husband. One example of my control was to micromanage my young son's evening routine in hopes we'd both get enough sleep. Getting enough sleep meant we'd both be in a good mood and not upset by my husband. I became like a drill sergeant with a tight grip on his napping and eating schedules. I only allowed certain non-stimulating activities the two hours prior to bedtime so that he'd be drowsy enough to fall asleep on time. I'd control the volume and energy with which we all spoke and interacted. Over time, I began to recognize the frenzied feeling inside and saw the way my behavior actually increased the tension in our home. I wanted to change this controlling behavior, but felt it nearly impossible to let go of my tight grip. As I continued to work the 12 steps through SA Lifeline, I noticed a gradual but definite change. Through no conscious effort of my own, I began to recognize when I was going into control mode over our evening routine beyond just recognizing my impulse to control I was blessed by some unseen power with the ability to actually let go. This pattern of recognizing and surrendering trickled into other areas of my life as well. I began to believe in a friendly, present, and supportive God. Now I am quicker to remember that He is even in the smallest details of my life. I am more able to allow situations to unfold Without my intervention, and trust that my life and the lives of my loved ones are unfolding just as they should. God's grace helps me to move forward, knowing that He will strengthen me with power beyond my own to face whatever lies ahead. I'll close today with a couple of stories of redemption and the ongoing work of grace in my own little family. Recently, I experienced a miracle that others would likely miss looking from the outside in, but to me, it was enormous. I desperately wanted a family picture during our period of quarantine from COVID-19. I didn't know how to do it while keeping away from a photographer. I decided that we would just stay home, and I would ask my friend from across the street to hop over, stay appropriately distanced, and to take our picture. She kindly agreed, and for one picture, she was more than a good sport as she willingly climbed a ladder to take a snapshot of my family, laying on our backs on a blanket, with our heads squished together in a circle. The overcast sky is perfect, I thought. But when it came time to actually take the picture, the clouds moved, revealing a bright and cheerful sun. I came inside to petition the Lord to move the clouds back over to cover the sun. But that prayer thankfully went unanswered. As we laid on the blanket, I wondered how my husband would handle this situation, without a doubt. I know how he would have handled it even a year ago. He would have been grumpy, hard to deal with, and likely rude as well. But this day, I witnessed a miracle that began as my husband chose to see the humor in the situation and then started to laugh. His laugh was contagious and that picture of our little family with our six children and eyes closed while joyously laughing is one of my all time favorites. Genuine joy. Genuine laughter. That is what grace is doing for our family right now. That is the work of God and grace in our lives. And finally, I'll share that last night our family studied some things from 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. We talked about the Israelites losing some heart-wrenching battles, including a battle where 4,000 Israelites were killed, We talked about battles in regards to my husband's addiction over the years, in which our family lost significantly as well. Those were hard years for everyone to live through, and we all paid a high price. We then discussed how God later helped the Israelites to win a significant battle, and that the prophet Samuel placed a stone in significance of this victory, which he, quote, called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us, close quote. That's found in 1 Samuel 7.12. Last night, my family talked about and celebrated some of the victories that we had experienced recently. We then went out together to select our own Ebenezer stone, which now proudly sits by our front walkway. We plan to write on it, The Lord Helped Us, and to sign our names. We are a continuing story of grace and still need it daily. For what we have received, we are eternally thankful. Maybe I'll post a picture of our Ebenezer Stone on social media. I have loved having you join me today and am so grateful that so many have shared their own experiences of grace in their recoveries. I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Betrayal Trauma SOS podcast on your platform of choice. That way we can heal together. I announced the winner of the Betrayal Trauma SOS First Aid Kit on Facebook today, which is May 19th of 2020 and invite you to check that out if you entered. Next week, we are talking about surrendering outcomes, and I hope that you will join me. Betrayal Trauma SOS is found on Instagram, Facebook. Some additional content is on YouTube, and I invite you to visit BetrayalTraumaSOS.com. Let's heal together.